BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Second and 10, Mayfield to the end zone to Jefferson. Is that possible? Touchdown. This is impossible. They go 98 yards. There is a new leading man in Hollywood. To be able to come in here 10 minutes ago and help lead us to a victory. See you guys on Monday. That's Baker Mayfield. His... uh, one big moment with the L.A. Rams, and he became a free agent, and at the end of the day, he did the one-year deal. Look, the multi-year deal wasn't there, and Chris, it's shockingly low with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to the point where I don't think it guarantees him anything. I don't think it's so either. It's him versus Kyle Trask in an open competition. It's a $4 million base salary. That's it for uh, Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay with a lot of incentives, so he does have the incentive to go out there and win the job and play well. But he had a lot of incentives last year in Carolina and didn't earn a penny of them before he was cut loose by the team. So, I, I, look, I admire the guy for playing at all for only $4 million. Who would have dreamed a couple of years ago that we would be in a world where Baker Mayfield is playing football on a one-year deal with a base value of $4 million? But here's where we are, and that must be the only team that was seriously interested in him. I'm kind of stunned the Raiders weren't in this. And I really am surprised there was no one else with anything better on the table than one year, four million with another four and a half or so in incentives. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm surprised by the number two. I am. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing or the most in- important incentive was the fact that he get a, gets a chance to be at a place where he can start. And I don't know if there was any other place out there that he was going to be trusted in that situation. I don't. I think this is the perfect, you know, the, the Raiders, I think it was a little dicey. They obviously had some other people on their radar, you know, uh, Josh, Josh McDaniels with the point he's at in his career. Maybe he just didn't like the risk of that and how that looked. And if it didn't go right, you know, how he could be vilified here. There's one in Tampa where, you know, 
it's 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 nobody that is trustworthy or out there that we thought was going to be associated with them. There's not a lot of options. And hey, okay, he can be the starter. Come here, be the starter. Yeah, we're not going to pay you a lot, but at the end of the day, for him, it's just about playing, getting good film out there, and then hopefully, like we talk about a lot of the times, he can rebrand his image around the NFL and then he gets viewed as a big-time starter and gets paid a lot of money. It's a great move by the Buccaneers. It is. It's shocking with the money, but also I think at the end of the day, it's the best option for Baker Mayfield to get back where he wants and he was probably willing to sacrifice a few dollars just to have the chance to compete and be the starter. Yeah, and uh, lays the foundation. You know, it, 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 he's betting on himself. It's another scenario where a guy bets on himself. He bet on himself last year and it didn't work. This year, he's betting on himself, taking much less. Remember, last year, he had that $19 million fully guaranteed yeah. in Cleveland. He cut it down significantly and was going to make some of it back, potentially, in incentives. He ended up losing there. I mean, when I look at it, Chris, I need to go back and do the math. It's possible that his base salary this year will only make up the difference in what he would have made if he just would have said to Cleveland last year, Deal with me. You know, you know, it's funny. We we were trying to come up with an example of a team that had a guy that they were done with but was being unreasonable in what they wanted for him. And even though Baker Mayfield wasn't an all-time great of the Cleveland Browns, we did kind of have that last year where the Browns were done with him. They were trying to dump his salary from the roster, but they they waited a long time to trade him and eventually trade him to the Panthers after the offseason program, made it harder for him to really have a good season. I still believe he can play well. I agree. 2018, he was good. 2020, he was great. 2021, who knows how good he would have been. He threw a tantrum on the field as a practical matter after he threw an interception and had to go make a tackle. He was upset. Right. So he's going to go let some of that frustration out. Hurt his he shoulder. jacked up his shoulder. Right. And he was ruined for the rest of the year. And he, under the circumstances, he still played pretty well. Uh-huh. With one arm. Right. He played pretty well. Yeah. So I, I, it's just amazing he's already at this point. Five years after being the number one overall pick, he's at the point where he's taking a $4 million deal. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's, it's shocking. But I'm with you in the fact that he's still got a lot of starting caliber traits, and I think that's why he's probably willing to take the chance of the lack of money or whatever and just going, I don't care. I've made good money, did commercials, all of that. I want to play and start, right? And, and I think, too, for Tampa, who's kind of unsure, yeah, it's, it's a contract that favors them. I'm with you in that it's a little scary in that, you know, I would worry if I'm Tampa, wait, if some quarterback falls, you know, to us where we're sitting in the draft or something like that, yeah, with that type of money, they certainly could draft somebody for the future and there and now you are, you know, Mr. Bridge quarterback. That's what would scare me more than anything if I was Baker Mayfield in this situation, you know. Also with the money, you know, I, I believe they got a little bit of a hit, right, because of Tom Brady, so they probably sold that to him as far as that's concerned with, you know, money at the quarterback position. Million. Yeah, so, you know, they've got to play that angle. But, like, all in all for himself, too, hey, we know they got to fix the O-line a little bit, but decent weapons around you. We know that's still a good defense there on that side of the ball, and especially with Todd Bowles. Dave Canales, their new coordinator from Seattle, He's going to run a system that is not very different than what McVay or Stefanski ran, you know, Rams, Browns before that. So he should be able to hit the ground running in that department. And, you know, I think with Todd Bowles, he wants to run the ball. 
And where Baker Mayfield, I think, is really good is, you know, play action pass, Baker Mayfield aggressive throwing the ball down the field to targets like Godwin and Mike Evans. There's potential there. You know, so this is, a, I think, a really good move. I'm with you, and I still think he's got, you know, starting, cal- starting quarterback caliber talent, and he's just got to get in the right situation. And since this is unofficially quarterback chip on the shoulder day at PFT Live, my God, what motivation it gives him to prove everyone wrong for not believing in him and only offering him $4 million. I can't imagine he had, you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar offer out there that he said no to to go play for the Bucks. What if it was for a backup I, spot? I think that like, was the best he could wh- do. What if you got like a seven or eight million, you know, backup offer, right? Now th- now like that, that's where I was just wondering, or at least where my brain went. And I think we'll probably hear that as time goes on. That'll kind of come out through the grapevines. But, but if you got a seven well, or eight million, you're going to back be a, up who, though? I know. It depends on who. No, I know. It depends on who. You're right. But I'm just saying, generally speaking, if you got a seven or eight million dollar deal to be a backup and you got a four and a half million dollar deal or whatever to be the starter, you know, for a guy like me, and I think a lot of quarterbacks, they go, all right, screw it. Screw that extra two and a half, three million. I'm going to play. Bet on myself like you're talking about and go from there. The other angle, too, with Baker Mayfield, to your point here, is, yeah, he's not the most ideal backup in the world. So that can lower his price because he is polarizing. He was the number one pick. And to the point we always make, Mike, he's got talent. So if you don't have the most, like, you know, confident, talented starting quarterback, you're going to have some days out there at practice where you're going to go, Baker Mayfield was throwing lasers out there today all over the field. He kind of looked better than our starter. So he's not the most ideal backup for a lot of teams, too, because they feel like it's going to cause a situation. So that probably hurt himself in the marketplace as well. We say all the time, there's two kind of backups. The backup who knows his place and the backup who is there to make life miserable yeah. for the starting quarterback and try to do everything he can to get on the field. I think one of the keys here is what it takes to get to eight and a half. We know he's at four. What does it take to get eight and yeah. a half? Is it playing time? Is, right. it, is it easily achievable or is it Super Bowl MVP? Because sometimes that's what it takes to get to the high end of an incentive package. And my experience has been that that if it's easily achievable, the agent says that when the agent gives the information to the five, six, seven reporters who get the text message. And and because that, that's how it gets sold. And you'll see the pattern if you pay attention to it. And it, it really is sad that we've gotten to this point where the reporters are basically the trained seals that do whatever the agents want. But if you if you don't, you don't get the text message. They They just give it to the ones who play along. You'll see some reports where somebody signs for a deal worth up to $10 million with no indication what the base is. And they could have done that with Baker Mayfield up to eight and a half million. That's not, not how the agent put the information out there, but I'm going to be curious to see the real contract on this one. What are the triggers to get to eight and a half? Because maybe it's an easy path and he knows, Hey, I'm going to easily get to eight and a half. Like, you know, the stuff they wanted me to do last year on that Carolina deal to earn back some of my money. That was a high bar. This is achievable. I can do it and I'll get to eight and a half. Then it looks like a better deal. But even then, for a starting quarterback, if he starts every game and plays well, eight and a half is a steal. That is that is put on a ski mask, Jason Light. Well, you it's almost like bank it's almost to get like, a starting yeah. quarterback for eight and a half million. It's almost like that's how maybe Baker Mayfield and his representatives sold of them. Like, hey, he'll come down there and play for this. If you just let him play, he'll play for this. That's almost what it 
It looks like to me. It's really one of the, the first thoughts that went through my brain when I saw the deal go down and, and read some of the details there. And I, I think, again, he just wants to play, and he's in a decent situation. Let's see if they can protect him because they weren't great at protecting Brady last year. Uh, but, you know, I think we're both in the same boat here. You know, you give him a little help, I think he can show that he's got a big-time arm still. He's a leader. He's got some moxie. And, yeah, let's not forget he played hurt and got screwed over by the Browns in a major way. And that's unfortunate, and that's a huge reason why he's in this situation. I, I don't know how much of a role Bruce Arians played in this. I, I saw that there were some items that he wasn't at the combine. I didn't even know that he's still working for the Buccaneers at this point. But to the extent that he has any influence, remember, during the year he was retired and the noise started to come up again of him coming back, he said the one job I would take is the Browns. And that's when Baker Mayfield was a starting quarterback. Yeah. So my guess is he's been he's been whispering into Jason Light's ear about what this kid can do. And and I think the Buccaneers got a steal yes. for Baker Mayfield for a base salary of $4 million. And even if he earns every penny, that's still a damn good deal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, Orlando Brown, a damn good deal Woo. for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs could have kept him for a $20 million franchise tag salary. The Bengals get him for a four-year, $64 million deal. That's $16 million a year. Chris, I'm surprised the Chiefs wouldn't have done that. And maybe it's a situation where the Chiefs would have done it, but Orlando Brown's not happy that they didn't pick up his franchise tag, so he took the offer somewhere else. I haven't heard that the Chiefs were in it for 16, but 16's not unreasonable. I think 16, no. that's exactly the kind of deal you need if you're going to put great players around Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have a hard time, you know, again, where my mind goes through history and, you know, being involved in this game a long time is I got to think he was asking for something more than that, and the Chiefs got exhausted with it and then said, okay, we're going to move on to Jawan Taylor. And then he started to realize, wait, the market's not quite what I thought out there, and he had to lower his price tag a little bit. At least that's the way it looks, and I feel like a lot of the times the way things like this go down, that's usually what happens, you know. But, but I mean, yeah, steal for a much-needed position still for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and, again, Orlando Brown, one thing I know, he wants to play left tackle 100%. So that was maybe another issue here too. You know, I saw the report with Adam Schefter a few days ago saying, you know, a lot of people in the league viewed him as a better as a right tackle. Well, I know that he was intent on being a left tackle. He's going to go to Cincinnati and play left tackle. That's for sure. He's better than anybody they got on the roster at that position. Now, what do they do with Jonah Williams, right? He was their starting left tackle. He's a first-round pick. Most people, when he got drafted, never thought he was a tackle anyways. Guard ability, maybe he goes to right tackle. But either way, much-needed protection for Joe Burrow and a great improvement to their O-line with Orlando Brown. Yeah, and the thought is Jonah Williams goes over to the right side and Lyle Collins ends up potentially being odd man Maybe, out in right. the starting lineup right. not on the roster altogether. And when you see that investment that was made in Orlando Brown Jr., one of the thoughts I had, Joe Mixon, yeah, at that's some right. point they right. spend enough money where they can't justify. And this is why it's important to have those triggers, those early triggers in the out years of a contract that force the team to poop or get off the pot. Early roster bonus, early guarantee, because the Bengals can play this out a little bit. And once the market dries up, when they go to Joe Mixon and say, we can only pay you $5 million this year, where are you going to get $6 million at that point? That's the problem. So... 
with each one of these deals the Bengals do this offseason, I'm going to get a little more and more nervous about Joe Mixon's status at the $10 million plus he's due to make, whether or not they're going to take him uh, or put him in a position where he needs to take less or they're going to take him off the roster altogether. I, I feel like it's trending towards the take less thing, right? Well, one, I, I guess where I think a little bit, and I think you brought up all the correct points, is just that you know, with Samaje Piran gone and you know, get not being able to re-sign him, he goes to Denver with Sean Payton. It's a great signing for them. There's not really anybody on their roster that you look at to go. Really, are you going to go into the year, you know, with that player right there? And they got Chris Evans, who's a young player from Michigan, but certainly not a starting caliber tailback for my money. You know, so yeah, it does seem like it's kind of trending that way. Whether maybe they just go, hey, wait, we'll let it play out one more year for ten million, or they put the squeeze on them to take six or something like that, or five, like you're talking about. I, I feel like it is is trending that way. But but like to get rid of them at this point, you know, wow, they're going to just rely on this group and then go to the draft, or there's some other free agents they got their eyes on out there. I don't know, but it, it, it's certainly a little dicey for Joe Mixon right now. Well, you know, the other thing they can do, Chris, is they can wait until after the draft to make their decision. Depends on who they get or don't get in the draft. That's right. Where they make their final spot and thought known on Joe Mixon. Or they could say to Joe Mixon, here's the offer that we have pre-draft. Post-draft, it may be different. It may be dramatically different post-draft. So all I'm saying is he's got a contract that gives them the ability to take their time. And you pay Orlando Brown big money. And then you make that big move and you know the Joe Burrow contract is going to get done at some point. They'll eventually need cap dollars. And Joe Mixon is is a path of least resistance for them or at least a path of lesser resistance for them to get the cap dollars they'll need. All right. When we return, we discuss the possibility of Joe Mixon being out. Another running back who's been more established, who is identified with his team like no running back in the NFL is gone. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Well, I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought they'd work something out. I thought that there would be some sort of a lesser contract that would keep Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. We've seen this coming for years now. From the moment we started looking at the contract and realizing, you know what, Ezekiel Elliott got a hell of a deal, Chris, yeah. and they're going to be looking for a way out. 2023 was the earliest possible way out because of the rolling guarantees. It was a brilliantly negotiated contract. It's an example of how <clears throat> and, an and agent. Look, uh, Rocky Arsenault did a great job of that contract because it had those rolling guarantees in there. It tied Ezekiel Elliott to the Dallas Cowboys. They couldn't unload him last year even though they were paying him more than what I think he actually merited. And I think at times they overutilized him instead of Tony Pollard Definitely. to justify what they were paying him. Definitely. It's, a, it's a dangerous and toxic formula to get right. yourself caught up in. And and now uh, he's he's gone. And his last play, Shereen Williams pointed this out last night on the writer's text thread where we communicate all day long and sometimes all night long. Ezekiel Elliott's last play with the Cowboys. He played center in that whatever the hell that was, Stanford band play. That's his final act as a member of the Cowboys, snapping the ball and getting blown up, sir. <laughs> Great job, control room. Getting blown up, sir. That's his exit with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, see? I mean, nobody goes out. Everybody goes out a little clunky, right? I mean, nobody. Nobody gets a free pass in the NFL. 
Uh, yeah, it's a sad day because, like you said, going to break. This is like the guy that's been a fabric of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he's been a professional. Man, he plays hard, all of that. But you're also right in that, hey, it was a brilliant con- contract. It probably went on a year too long for sure. Agreed with you 100%, Mike. I don't know. It's probably been two the last two years, really maybe three, Mike, where we've gone – Oh, hey, Zeke Elliott, there's was a lot of carries where there's more potential there. Or, whoa, why are they giving the ball to him right now and not giving it to Tony Pollard, who's clearly better? And I think you're right. You know, the fact that he was a top five pick there and the fact that they gave him the money, I think they overused him to justify those things there. I was not shocked to see this. I had been told that this was going to happen, uh, so I wasn't surprised. Now, I'm with you in the fact that I think I'm, I would be shocked if it's just over, over. I, I kind of thought this was going to be, you know, knowing the Cowboys and they're loyal to their people. Zeke Elliott, I don't know him, but for everything I've heard, you know, he's kind of a quiet guy and, you know, picking up new life and going somewhere else isn't exactly in, you know, something that he has looked at to be that kind of way, I guess, with a, with a sorry for a lack or a better way I could have explained that, but... I think there's a chance he could be back, Mike, to what you were saying. I wouldn't be shocked if they signed him back on like a one-year minimum or, you know, a minimum with a little bit of a, you know, juice in there for incentives or something like that. But, yeah, his days of being the starting guy and the main guy are clearly over. Sometimes you just have to cut the guy loose and let him realize on his own that right. the best option is to come back. Right. And if he decides that his best option is to go elsewhere, you just deal with it. This is the reality, and this is one of the reasons why I try to get people to be a little more sympathetic and or empathetic to the plight of the player. For the, each individual player, he's got one career in the NFL. For the teams, it is this giant football machine with interchangeable parts, and every part in that machine eventually is going to be replaced. The machine keeps going. The machine is the helmets and the shoulder pads and the stadium and the pomp and the circumstance. But the parts will always be yanked out at some point. And you're right, Chris. Sometimes it's smooth. Most of the time it's clunky. Most of the time it's clumsy. And maybe this is a spot where it gets ripped off and then kind of gets put back on later. If, If and when Ezekiel Elliott realizes there's no other option out there for me, that is better than what the Cowboys are offering on a reduced contract. And that's what the combine's for. Yeah. That, so, you know, I, I, look at, I look at Adam Thielen, for example. Adam Thielen, I assume the Vikings offered him a reduced salary that, that reflects where he currently fits on the depth chart and in that offense. And he said no. And if you say no, you better know what else is out there. You better have something else lined up before you say no to the offer that's reduced. You know what's behind door number one. Your agent should be finding out what's behind door number two or door number three or door number four. So in the same segment where I praise Rocky Arsenault for the awesome contract he did for Ezekiel Elliott, I'm kind of curious what was done to find out before Zeke said no to whatever the Cowboys were offering on a reduced package. To know that because if 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 they know there's a, a plan B out there that's better, then he should have a contract by the end of the week. Yeah. No, I mean, yes, but I, I don't think that's the case. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't expect it to be. You know, again, I think Ezekiel Elliott, he's a freak of nature. You know, the fact that he's in, you know, seven years with being a major car crash runner, 
is an accomplishment in himself. I mean, he's a car, like a, like a bring it on car crash runner from the day he got in the league. I think that's going to scare people. You know, Ezekiel Elliott also, you know, he is the type of guy where you know, the fan base loves him. People love him. I think he's a little bit, you know, people, I think in the public eye still think he's like a, maybe a starting caliber running back where I don't know. I don't know if teams are going to, you know, necessarily want to bring him in for all those reasons I stated. And then, you know, go back to kind of what you're saying there, Mike. I mean, I think he's he's going to realize that, wow, well, the Cowboys love me and the, they, they do, you know, respect me in a lot of ways. They couldn't pay me that money, but, you know, they'll still find a little role for me and try to take care of me to a degree, you know. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what happened with the amended contract. I feel like the Cowboys probably didn't even want to give him, like, Three million, four million. They didn't want to do anything like that. I think they were probably like, no, 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 no. It, it's we're towards the end here, and we down towards you know minimums here with you know playing incentives and bonuses. That's where we're at with the Ezekiel Elliott career. You know, I'd be shocked if there was even something respectable thrown out there to him, Mike, just to soften the blow. It looked like the Eagles were going to be cutting. Cornerback Darius Slay, because multiple reporters got the text from Howie Roseman, I assume, yesterday that Darius Slay was going to be cut. And it felt like that calculated effort in hindsight to scare up a trade market. When it didn't happen, lo and behold, Darius Slay is now staying with the Eagles, reworking his contract. Anytime we get that report early in the day, the guy is going to be cut. During the trade window, and yesterday's when the trade window opened, you have to keep at least one eye on the possibility that it was being put out there to scare up a trade. It didn't work. He's staying. And I saw, I think it was Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer say last night that even if it's a new deal, it's just going to be something that reduces his cap charge, not his money. He gets the same money but reduces his cap charge this year. Yeah, that's what I would think. I mean, this is what it smells like, at least, in this one here. Like... You know, one, you're right. You'd maybe get a trade market, right? Hey, we're going to release him. And then the team's like, oh, no, I don't want him to be a free agent. We, we want him, so we'll trade for him. And also, I think, you know, part of this a scare tactic. You know, I think this is why we heard Darius Slay talk about, you know, maybe wanting to be traded, what was that, last week or two weeks ago? Because I'm sure they had come to him and asked him to go, wait, you know, we'd like you to take a little less money or readjust your contract. And then it has all the, you know, all the signs that you were just explaining to where an agent kind of had gone out there and realized, okay, wait, wait, we're not going to get the same money from anybody else. Let's let's try to make this happen with Philadelphia. So I'll be interested yes. too. Will it be the same money, Mike? Uh, will it be the same money distributed a different way, or will it be just less money altogether? You know, he's up there for what he makes. He's still a really good player. We know that top five guy, no, but still really damn good. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to see what this contract looks like. Fletcher Cox, uh, mainstay on that defensive line for a decade now or longer, stays on a one-year deal worth $10 million, reportedly turned down more from other teams. Sometimes that's one of those things where I believe it when I see the actual offers that were made by the other teams. But regardless, he's going to stay at a time when many are leaving. He and Slay sticking around. Let's pivot, though, to yeah. what the commanders did at quarterback because we're in that window now okay. where they could make a run at Lamar Jackson, but I kind of think that going after and acquiring Jacoby Brissett on a one-year deal with $8 million guaranteed. I mean, he got twice well, Baker. in guarantees right. what Baker Mayfield got in base salary. 
I, I think that tells me that my crackpot theory about the pursuit of Lamar Jackson is out the window. Yeah, I think so. I I, I would think that kind of ends that conversation all there, you know, all together. You know, we, you know, we wondered. I, I never heard anything tangible that that Washington would be or was interested in Lamar Jackson. I think we, were, you and I, were just part of wishful thinking and thought, hey, it makes sense. But yeah, this puts it more into perspective of kind of what Ron Rivera said all along. All right, yeah, Sam Howell's number one. He's going to start out, but they got a guy there, a veteran presence, who's you know, again, one of those guys that bridge starter, back end starter. One of the best backups in football, so you you feel good about that no matter what if it doesn't work for Sam Howell and that you can make it work. But, yeah, I would think that takes them out of Lamar Jackson conversation. I don't know. You know, again, uh, and, and I think it's the draft conversation. I don't know if that's going to happen either with where they're sitting at in the draft or anything here. So they're kind of protected for what they got and what they need this year. The one caveat I'll add to this, though, is yeah. Lamar Jackson would be an ownership move, not a front office, not a coaching right. staff move. Right. So if Daniel Snyder wants to do it, he's going to do it. Just like he wanted to trade up for the second overall pick in 2012, regardless of what the Shanahan's thought, yep. he was going to do it, and he did it. So uh, I still don't completely close the door, but this contract suggests that the coaching staff in the front office aren't leaning in that direction. All right, we're leaning in the direction of taking a break. The Patriots have gotten a new weapon for Mac Jones after losing Jacoby Myers to the Raiders, a new receiver in New England. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Simsisms. Penny pinching. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if it's... Again, back to penny pinching, or you would think the Packers at some point just go, okay, good, wipe our hands clean, we're good, let's move on with life and, and start going here. Penny pinching is now a sim. Penny pinching. said it recently and corrected yourself. I, we're going to penny pinch over the penny pinch, excuse me, over, yeah, <laughs> yeah there Damn, we go. You didn't today. I give Damn you a it. few seconds to rectify. Yep. You did not rectify. I did not. Simsism.
Penny Patching, it appears in the Simsism Dictionary, a letter or two ahead of Stuck. Stuck up. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm sure we'll see that one at some point next week. Uh, okay, so the the uh, uh, the Patriots, Patriots that's have right. added receiver Juju Smith-Schuster on a three-year deal, reportedly worth $33 million. I see some of the numbers. I don't see how much is guaranteed beyond this year. It could be a one-year deal. Yeah. It kind of smells like a one-year yeah. deal right. with a team option for the next two. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster became a free agent two years ago, did a one-year deal to stay with Pittsburgh, one-year deal to go to the Chiefs. Now he goes to a place where he's got a lot riding on the ball getting in his hands. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know. How, how does he project into the current New England offense? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's one, you know, you talk about like, yeah, what what's riding on, on his career as far as getting the ball in his hands. They don't have like a go-to guy there right in New England right now, right? So you would think, hey, that's, you know, that's a positive for him. And they don't have a guy like him. You know, when you really kind of look at their roster, it's a lot of, you know, I'm not trying to even be funnier, skinnier, fast guy type of receivers, maybe that way. Not the physical, like, hey, I can go over the middle and do this and take some shots and break a tackle and spin off a guy like that. There's nobody on that on the New England football team that's like that. You know, he's a good route runner still. And you can trust him over the middle because of his size. Juju Smith-Schuster is one of those guys, when you see him in person, you go, holy shit, I didn't realize Juju Smith-Schuster is that big, right? So he's great that way. He's almost like a smaller tight end. And that's how Kansas City used him for the most part, that way. And I think he'll kind of have that same role there. They got Tyquan Thornton on the outside, right? They got Kendrick Bourne still, right? I'm getting confused with all the free agents. They still got him. You know, and now he can work the middle of the field and kind of do some of the dirty work there. Uh, and and again, he's a quarterback friendly guy because of that size that he has. I think it's a good signing for the New England Patriots. Well, and and look, he yeah. he fits the old school New England offense. We don't see it as much in recent years, but having those guys out there that can do a lot of different things, exactly right, up in different spots. That's right. Pedal to the metal with Billy O'Brien. Yep. And you go into no huddle and you start moving those pieces around. You get a Swiss Army knife guy that can do a bunch of different things. Good at blocking in the run game. Yeah. For Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. Here's my other concern, though. Yeah. The last time we saw a big personality receiver go to New England, Uh Chad Johnson, and it didn't work. And I think that, you know, when you check your individuality at the door – Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes when you take away a guy's unique individual character, it's like cutting off Samson's hair. Yes, it is. And I made that observation at one point and tweeted it, and Chad Ochocinco Johnson either retweeted it or liked it or something. It's like, you know, I think we're onto something. Here. Oh, no, you are. That- it can just be so overwhelming when you strip away who someone is. Right. When you become a Stepford Patriot and you've never had to do that in your entire life, you're either ready for it at this point in your life to mature into that, yes. not that I'm saying it's immature to be individual and free-spirited, because I support that. I think we all should be who we are and sure. not pretend to be someone else. Right. But when they expect you to leave that alone, can you still be a great player? Yeah, That's right. The question. Right. Can, can they expect you to leave it alone or not be yourself to fit a way that they want you to be? Yeah, that's when it gets dicey, and we've seen that. You know. And, and, but, but hey, Mike, to your point, I was there a little bit with the Chad Ochocinco thing. And there's no doubt, you know, I'm sure he did like your tweet. I witnessed it. I saw it. He was like, uh, yeah, a guy that had his mojo taken away from him because he was act this way and we don't want you to be a distraction. And then 
It took away his his you know his his juju for lack of a better phrase. No pun intended there. It took away that his confidence is you know just everything about him. Uh, and there is that. I'll, I'll be interested with Juju Smith Schuster. You know how that effect it has on him. I think things have loosened up in New England a little bit. You know, over the years, I don't think it's exactly the same as the years Chad Ochocinco was there. Uh, but hey, uh, nonetheless, they need him. And you know, you put you put him, Hunter Henry, you know, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Juju Smith-Schuster working over the middle of the field. Now that's a pretty damn good group, and we know they got a pretty good O line and a running game. And with Billy O'Brien, like you said, it certainly makes you think of their offense a little differently here. Also adding running back James Robinson on a two-year contract. Yeah. He had 1,070 rushing yards as an undrafted rookie in 2020 with the Jaguars. Traded last year to the Jets. He only appeared in four games. Had maybe 29 touches, 29 rushing attempts uh, for the Jets last year. They didn't tender him as a restricted free agent. He lands with the Patriots. Two years. This is one of those up to up to $8 million, which means the base is going to be considerably less. He's going to have to play. He's going to have to play well to get that full $8 million over two years. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, but, again, you know, they, they know. Robinson, you said it. He's really a good player. I think he was maybe a little banged up last year, too, when he got to the Jets. That kind of maybe was a, a reason for him not getting the ball as much. But we've seen him do some special things there, you know, at that position. And, you know, they got a good running back group all together in New England. He's not going to be dependent on to be a, a bell cow or anything like that, and it should extend his career a little bit. So that's a good thing for him. But, yeah, New England, as usual, kind of getting busy a day or two or three after free agency starts and trying to find some, some value signings like they usually do. The Buffalo Bills are keeping safety Jordan Poyer on a two-year deal, even though he recently said he would like to play somewhere yeah. where it's warmer and where there are better state income tax rates, he ends up staying put in Buffalo. I guess when you crunch the numbers, even at the higher tax rate, the bill's offering more, presumably, than anyone in a warmer climate with a 0.0% tax rate. So Poyer stays with the bills. And, uh, you know, they lost a guy this week, a couple of guys this week, added an offensive lineman, but now they keep Jordan Poyer, which, uh, you know, is, is better than having to replace him at this point. Yeah, well, he's, you know, to me, like, it, it's like a, a guy that, you know, fabric of the organization, fabric of the coaching staff. I think he's like everything that Sean McDermott, you know, embodies as a head coach. He sees that in Jordan Poyer, detailed, does everything well, you know, tough, physical, professional, you know, all great leader has all those things where you want a guy like him in the locker room. Yeah, he's not the same player he was, you know, three, four, five years ago, but still damn good. You couple him with Micah Hyde coming back, and again, their secondary is, you know, something that might need a little work here. So at least you got something stable there in the back end and really a guy that's, you know, you lost Tremaine Edmonds like you talked about. This would be the second guy I'd go. This is the quarterback of the defense. He's got a great value for them, and especially a defense like that that has a lot of checks and calls and things like that. That's where he has great value. All right, let's take a break. When we return, a guy who had an off-field red flag during the scouting combine may have raised a red flag as it relates to his on-field pro day workout. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Yeah, he's a generational talent. He's uh, he's very talented. I've been around 
know, coaching for 18 years, and there's very few guys I've coached that have the talent that he had. You know, Jalen did not have to come back and play after his first injury, nor after his second injury, and both times he wanted to overcome that injury. He begged us to put him in in games he was hurt. So the competitive character he's shown, I think, has been really good. And I also think his teammates um, really respect Jalen. Like, Jalen earned the respect of his teammates. They, uh, they love being around him. So that's a lot of the things you can say about him. Well, there's a shock. The head coach of a successful college football program singing the praises of one of the guys that helped make him a successful head coach. I mean, you have to take anything said. The only time it's newsworthy is when the coach of a big-time program has bad things to say about one of his core players. The reality, though, Chris, is of all players in this year's draft class, there was one who couldn't afford to have a bad pro day workout, and it was Jalen Carter. I mean, Having a bad pro day workout is the equivalent of failing a take-home open book exam. There is no excuse for it. There's no reason for it. He showed up nine pounds heavier than he was at the scouting combine. He didn't finish positional drills because he was cramping up and breathing heavily. He didn't run the 40-yard dash. And obviously, that is not dispositive on what kind of an NFL player he's going to be. Yeah. But when you have these off-field questions that were on full boil at the scouting combine over the ultimate charges of reckless driving and racing in connection with an incident that resulted in two people dying in another car. How are you not as buttoned up as you can be? And you know what? This is where good agent makes a difference. I wouldn't even let him work out. I would say he's sick. I'd come up with something to protect him from going there and embarrassing himself at a time when he's the last guy of all the draft-eligible players that should be having a pro-day workout where the end result is embarrassing. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you all the freaking way there, right? You know, one, he's the only guy in the draft process right now that has anything negative around him, really. And now we've added something else. And I'm with you. I'm shocked that you know his representation let him go ahead with this. You know, one, this is one where... Yeah, he's been through a lot. You, you, you know, you should know where how much he's been working out, whatever. And he's also one Mike where he's literally could have just gone, "Hey, everybody, I'm not working out." You know what? Check out the film the last two years in the SEC against the best offensive lineman in football. Has anybody blocked me yet? Screw your workout. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have hurt him at one bit. I, I that's where I don't understand it. I don't. You know, not being able to put easy your, argument, easy argument, right? I've been distracted the last two weeks. Exactly right. There's plenty of reasons. It's stressful. I'm not ready to go. Right. Come back in a month. I'm going to do my own private thing. Whatever. Or don't do it at all. I mean, this guy's super talented. Mike, Mike, this is one of those guys like last year during the draft process, they had Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis, right? And you turn on the film and you're going, wait, wait, which one is which? Wait, who's 88? Is he the guy that's coming out in the first rounder in the top? Oh, wait, no, it's these two? Oh, whoa, okay. And then even this year, I'm not even at defensive tackles yet in my draft process. But, of course, through my other process, I'm watching SEC games and I'm going, oh, my gosh, nobody can block this guy. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's so he the, the workout was not necessary to rise his stock. I'm, that's where I'm shocked. I'm with you. And then, yeah, of course, he hasn't been able to put his best foot forward with some of the distractions and things he's had going on here yeah. as of late. So, yeah, he should have been advised just to chill out, do nothing or do something a month from now where you have your own private little deal. Young guy dealing with a lot. This is where the people close to him need to be keeping their eyes open to make sure that good decisions are being made. 
you know, we all have only so much that we can handle. And it's a lot. It's a lot. A young kid getting thrust into this limelight. And uh, maybe the best move would have been to say, the hay is in the barn. Draft me or don't draft me. That would have been better than having a bad workout that's only going to raise concerns for the teams that were taking a serious look at him. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, a draft of the people who will be the happiest now that Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the New York Jets. We'll do that next year on PF2. We like you, we're developing you, but we're signing veteran X to be our starter. Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell and practice every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to go out there and do my best uh, to just show the coaches that I deserve to be there. And, you know, and it's not it's not in a negative way, it's a positive way. It's making everybody else, you know, better, hopefully. And, and you go out there and you just attack every single day. You know, the full quote isn't as bad as I'm going to make that guy's life hell every day there he is problem child (laughs) (laughs) oh boy that could go a lot of different ways we'll just leave it at that problem child and now they've already gotten involved with the back pages what a shocker there he is maverick that looks like it's the front page call sign mr rogers yeah yeah that is the front page wow not even the back page uh and and that it's never going to be any better than it is today aaron a real shot in the oh boy, <laughs> they went there with a real shot in the arm. I love that one. Wow, that's uh, well wow. done, Daily News. Man, Daily News beats the post. Yeah, on the on the uh, front and or back page for today. Yeah, yeah, they did. They won. That was a, a good play on words there, certainly. But yeah, I mean, hey, you you say it's as good as it might get. Who knows though? What if he comes in town, wins the damn Super Bowl? He'll be a god. You know, you don't know what happens. And then also, what I am interested in is. Is he definitely going to wear 12 if he comes to the Packers? I know that he was asked that yesterday with McAfee. I mean, if he comes to the Jets, excuse me, you know, because Joe Namath, of course, 12 is retired. You know, will he do that? Will he, you know, break out Joe Willie Namath's 12 or does he go somewhere else with that number? I'm, I'm going to be interested to see that if this all, you know, shakes out. This is not an anti-Aaron Rodgers take. I have said this time and again with J.J. Watt, with Peyton Manning. Anytime you go to a team where the jersey is retired, you respect that. Even if the guy is saying, go ahead and wear it. Or his family is saying, go ahead and wear it. What else are they going to say? You come off as an ass if you say, you better not wear that jersey. (laughs) You, you, You take the higher road if you're the family or the guy. So the player should take the higher road and say, out of respect for Joe Namath, I'm not going to wear his jersey number. It's just I agree. Number. I agree it's with you there. Who I am. You're right. It doesn't define me. I define my well, number. My number doesn't define. Well, me. it's a good way, like All you right, said, to, to send out a good gesture to the fan base a little bit. But like, nah, you know, yeah. I respect Joe Namath too much. He's a legend in his own right. I don't want to do that, and I, I do think that would go over well. All right, people who are the happiest now that Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the Jets. You're up. Well. Jordan Love? I mean, that's the obvious one. I mean, that's where I go. I mean, yeah, he's finally going, thank God he's not coming back. I'm going to have a chance to play. I don't have to deal with this. I can get reps. I don't have people comparing me to him every day. Oh, practice wasn't as good because Rodgers is, you know, he was here yesterday and it looked better. And so, I mean, yeah, good for him. How could he not be happy just to hear Rodgers state that clearly? And it, you know, it was another step closer to him taking over the team 
unless the Packers play too much hardball and piss Rodgers off, and then he's back in the building again. So they better watch out for that. But, man, Jordan Love's got to be happy today. Well, uh, absolutely, because now it's on him. And the flip side of that is I'm going to say Vikings, Bears, and Lions fans to finally get Aaron Rodgers the feck out of the NFC North, <laughs> but the problem is it's like dropping a house on the Wicked Witch of the East. The Wicked Witch of the West may be even worse. We don't know what Jordan Love's going to be, but I think all three of those teams have had enough of Aaron Rodgers over the years that they were ready to move on from him and see if the Packers can make it three great quarterbacks in a row. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be interesting. And, you know, again, it's it's – it's 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 a weird situation getting back to our normal conversation. Like you know, they decide you know they want to move on, they want to do that. You know, they decide to shop them, and then the Jets get involved and all of that. And I don't know. I mean, the, the, they getting scared that the Jets might be good with Aaron Rodgers. Is that what's happening here? I mean, that's where you know. But now they're holding him hostage here. It, it seems personal. It definitely does, this whole thing. It seems like it's gotten personal. All right, well, the next one um, I'm going to go to because I like your pick. That was certainly on my list. The Jets wide receivers. How could they not be happy? I mean, they pretty much all but just said they didn't like playing for Zach Wilson last year in a lot of ways. You know, fair or unfair, I, I don't really like that. And you know I don't think they handled that whole uh, uh, Zach Wilson situation the right way. But nonetheless, this is like we always talk about. The bump of an Aaron Rodgers, a Brady, a guy like that, when they walk in the locker room, it just changes everybody's attitude. And, of course, now the receivers are going to be like, man, we're with a pro. He's going to teach us stuff. And, you know, they're going to have much more confidence in their offense and their ability to produce than, of course, it seems like they have in Zach Wilson at this point. So how can they not be happy today? Next one for me is Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets. This is a no-lose proposition for him. If it blows up, it ain't his fault. And if it works out extremely well – He's along for the ride. He's the coach of the team. He's not the one that's going after Aaron Rodgers. This is ownership-level stuff. When you make this kind of a move, this is highest levels of the organization. He just coaches the team. It's on him to coach it well, but when they basically handed the keys to Aaron Rodgers and undermined him to a certain extent, he look, he's not going to get fired based on what happens this year. Uh, if anything, he's going to get himself a new contract based on what happens this year. So he gets a little security. He gets kind of a scholarship year, and the sky's the limit, depending upon what he can do to get Aaron Rodgers pointed in the right direction. And I suspect, as we suggested earlier, that he's happy that the Packers are being unreasonable here because it's lighting even more of a fire for Aaron Rodgers to be self-motivated so he doesn't have to be coached the way that another quarterback like a Zach Wilson would need to be coached. All right, let's take a break. We got one more round of the draft of the folks who are the happiest now that Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the Jets. More PFT Live right after this. All right, there are our picks so far. The people happiest to hear that Rodgers intends to join the New York Jets. One more round each. Chris, you are up. Well, this one's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. I mean, you know where I'm going here. Jets fans. I mean, they're the happiest. I mean, I mean, again, how could they not be? They were ready to, you know, bring their pitchforks, pitchforks and, and pillage MetLife Stadium if Zach Wilson was a starter anymore. I mean, geez, you know, uh, listening to the sports radio the last six, seven months up here and the attacks on Zach Wilson, like I said earlier in the show, I think they would have jumped off the George Washington Bridge if he was a starting quarterback again. So they're the ones that are happy about this Jordan, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers news. They're, they're, they're ecstatic, you know, when you just listen to 
the vibes in sports radio up here right now. I was going to pick Trey Wingo because he's the one that put it out there first, but he did say that it was done, and it's still not done. So I don't know how he's doing a victory lap when he says Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done because it's still not done. I don't get that. But here's who's the happiest. NBC, Fox, CBS, ESPN, ABC, Amazon. Look at the schedule for the Jets this year. Good Lord, beyond six great divisional games that are all worthy of prime time, two against the Bills, two against the Dolphins, two against the Patriots. They host the two Super Bowl teams, yeah. the Eagles and the Chiefs. Right. They play at the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers back to Dallas. Are you kidding me? They play the Giants on the road, which means another game in MetLife Stadium for Aaron Rodgers this year. I suspect, even though there's enough to go around for all the networks, I suspect that the tug of war has already started. The lobbying's already begun to get maximum Jets games on each of the various networks. Hey, uh, of course. That's the New York market. It's an unbelievable schedule, right? I mean, damn, him versus the Chargers, Eagles, Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, all at home, on Chiefs, of course, all unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal schedule. It is. And, of course, yeah, he's the kind of guy that will get you to tune in. And the Jets are legit. Like we talked about, it's one of the better rosters in football. This is the only issue on the team, so watch out if they get them. One request I have, league office, schedule Chiefs-Jets early so we finally get Mahomes and Rodgers before one of them gets injured. We're done, Chris. Enjoy <laughs> See your day weekend. See everybody else Friday. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.